1: Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Know the New California Sexual Harassment Training Regulations, Informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial Mm. or questions you have, Please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now, let's learn a little bit about today's guest. Arnold Coggershall started his career in banking as a loan officer and worked for several banks in the management of teams servicing business owners and retail customers. During the various positions, he spent time cultivating long-standing relationships with clients so that when he moved from bank to bank, some of the clients would follow him into the new banking and financial relationship. In the banking sector, he managed commercial loan portfolios, ran SBA departments, was a director of a bank, and his highest level position was an executive vice president and Chief Credit Officer for a Community Bank, headquartered in Carson, California. But his real experience and success came when he started his own consulting business 26 years ago as the president of Vortex Financial. He wanted to become a financial advisor and entrepreneur. The loan brokerage business he started was not focusing on real estate, but rather working capital lines of credit and term loans for the industrial sector of the business community in the greater Los Angeles area. His mantra was, working capital is the lifeblood of a business. Without it, the business fails. This was a focus on what he discussed and analyzed in helping companies with their sustained growth and productivity. (laughs) During the Great Recession, approximately nine years ago, he started doing fractional CFO work for companies that really needed an outsider to come in and work on improving the cash flow process to satisfy their banker's concern. Now, he's also helping seasoned entrepreneurs who want to sell their business. So, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Kit. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: So, please introduce yourself. Again, mm-hmm. I did give a bit of background, but tell us how did you even get into this line of work and your background? How would your background lead you into that?
2: Okay, again, my name is Arnold Coxshell, and I'm the president and owner of Vortex Financial, which I established over 25 years ago. I did my undergraduate work at Cal State University Long Beach and additionally attended the National Commercial Lending School at the University of Oklahoma in Norman, as well as I went to and attended the Bank Marketing School at the University of Georgia in Athens. But having spent over 15 years as a commercial business banker, I couldn't help envy the entre- entrepreneurial business owner because that's who I, who I really focused on. They were my clients and I helped them provide, uh, gave them revolving lines of credit, business term loans, other financing products to help them grow and expand their business and even, and even help them purchase commercial buildings. Nice. Many of them went on to become very successful in their business which also created tremendous wealth for themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, my purpose was to help business owners in obtaining lines of credit and loans and, and financing those kind of transactions. Does that make sense?
1: Of course. And it's important for businesses to be able to have that money available so you're helping them right from the start get what they needed. So, what are the sectors that you generally focus on in the business community?
2: Okay. Um, the areas that I've always focused on in the greater LA, LA Los Angeles area market and the business community are the industrial sectors So, what I mean by that manufacturers distributors wholesalers and service companies I spent a lot of time learning about their basic component components and how they generate sales and become profitable as they grow the business some of the specific types of clients were trading logistic companies printing companies jewelry manufacturers construction companies garment carriers Lumber companies, sheet metal distributors, even radiator radiator manufacturers, yarn production companies, furniture manufacturers, recycling companies, auto. I, one of my biggest clients was an auto automotive parts distributor, even a candle manufacturer, and I even helped law firms get lines of credit, and then metal plating companies. Those are the base. You know, those were a lot of the different types of industrial sector clients I helped.
1: Well, and a lot of times, those are the ones that have the really high need for cash, too. I mean, if you're starting a service-based business, mm-hmm. you don't have as much overhead. You don't have as much equipment. You have to purchase up front. Obviously, if you're in manufacturing, there's a lot of equipment that you have to purchase. And oh, so yeah. the outlay of cash, you know, especially up front, is much greater than someone who's starting a service-based business.
2: That's exactly right. That's right, Andy.
1: So when a client engages your service, what role and what processes do you perform?
2: The, the most important role I play is like, like a, I have like a new set of eyes looking at the processes, the way a company operates on and then try to help them manage their growth and, some, and a lot of times improve their processes. Sometimes I see them spending money like a drunken sailor. You have to stop that. Mm-hmm. I focus on their core business and sometimes they, I help them to cut costs with the intent to strengthen the management and operations. And I usually think about this question and the aspect of the business model needs to be managed more closely to improve a company's financial picture. So I really look at, at five different lenses. The first one is customer satisfaction. Uh, do they have long-term customers who keep coming back to them over and over again? That's a, That's a very good tool, that's a very good process. The second thing is employee engagement and development. Do you have employees that have been with you a long period of time and they're growing, they're learning, they're getting higher contributions and they want to, they want to stay with the company? That's very, the second thing is, is the employee engagement and development. Third thing is innovation. Technology has become so important for a company to maintain itself. I mean, it's it's amazing uh, with all the, techno- the technological Aspects that's going on in the marketplace. So innovation has to be continually learned and Implemented in the in the process Uh, The fourth thing is social responsibility now where I focus there is more on HR compliance The last thing you want to have done is when two ex-employees come to you and 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 file a complaint because you didn't give them proper uh, lunch meals or breaks Mm -hmm. and I've seen that happen so this, that's part of the social responsibility that you have to be very careful, and you should have a. a I've always recommended an, an outside payroll company that has a good HR compliance handbook they can offer you and give you and make sure that you're up to speed, especially with the state of California laws. It's very critical. The last thing, the last big lens, is the financial strength. So I I always try to look at their numbers. I I look at their cash flow, and and it's it's like an elite athlete who who can't neglect endurance or strength in pursuit of his speed and agility. A well-managed company must balance all these basic things to maintain itself. That's, that's my feeling about what happens when I go in and look at a company.
1: So do you find when you go into a company too that when you're asking these questions about their financial health that they know the answers or do they have someone else that's kind of helping them also and they're not always reviewing because they're so busy trying to get other things done, they're leaving the accounting to someone else?
2: Well, you know, that's a good question. I'll tell you why. If you talk to an owner of a company, he's always looking at his balance in his checking account. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to understand how, you know, how your gross profit is on, on the sales that you're generating, then you really have to have a good operating statement like a profit and loss statement to really show you that, that information. And you have to start understanding the way things look and the way things are going to look, the history, present and, fo- and future of, of how things are going to appear in the market I mean, you have, I think companies have internal processes that they can improve, but sometimes external things go on, like what's happened this week, we're, we're, we're really experiencing a high cost per gallon with all the gas stations going on right now. Now, where did that come from? I, I don't know, but the point being is, if you're a big trucking company, you're buying a lot of diesel for your right. trucks, and all of a sudden, the price of... of of diesel per, per gallon is really gone through the roof. You, I've talked to people and they can't believe how much it's cost to fill their tank. So right. you have to be careful about that. Um, you know, but to, to, to you know, really answer your question, <clears throat> some business owners are, are focused and they look at that stuff. Other business owners just look at that. How much do I have in my operating account? And that's right. how they determine. Does that make sense?
1: Right. As we work with people, you know, a lot of times <clears throat> the, when they realize they need help, And they come to us, they don't even know where they were profit wise, you know, they haven't looked at a financial statement or anything, and not even a lot of times have the work done. So we do try to get them to come in, get caught up, and then let's keep you up to date. So you know where your financial position really is, you know, and not just having to look at the bank and, you know, hope you know what's there. Because again, the bank balance doesn't even show you pending transactions that are like automatic payments or things like that, too. So it's important to really know where you are. Absolutely. So in what functions of a business are the most critical to drive the profitability and growth?
2: Well, that's a very good question. Um, (laughs) This is the way I look at it. Sales and earnings are really a company's bread and butter. Then there are spices required, and those, those three spices are cash flow, profitability, and return on equity. Those are the three, those are the functions that are really important. So those three me- measurements, which is cash flow, profitability, and return on equity of the financial performance, provide a deeper and important layer of a company's business success. So if you have a good accounting department that really can go down and handle those things, then all of a sudden, you're doing a good job with your business, you're doing a good job with your profitability, and your bottom line, and, your, your, and you know those things are very critical, especially when you have external uh, credit forces like banks and things like that. Um, it also helps you to understand uh, your sales and your growth because the, pr- the profit margins express how much profit a company makes on each dollar of sales. And that is a very crucial metric. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, the higher the profit margin, the greater the business. So companies need to daily pursue cash and working capital management with some degree of vigor. I always say that. And so your your accounting function, which is a CFO or a controller, should be working hard to maintain and repl- replenish those cash reserves through better management of the working capital. And the way you, you, you improve that process on the balance sheet is, is, is through disciplined management, improved processes, and it it's really helps overall, the overall company health to the owners and creditors such as banks and lending institutions. So right. the financial team always needs to strive and improve that process, cash management and margins on sales. Does that make sense? Right.
1: Well, and of course, you're just saying a financial team, but again, we go back to some businesses that they're the only owner involved. They don't necessarily have a team. Right. So, you know, it's hard for them to do everything they need to do on their, you know, daily job to help the customer, let alone come back in and manage the company. So, I think that's where it gets really hard for some businesses.
2: You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay.
1: So, what are the typical high-priority challenges that a company faces in the cash flow process?
2: Ah, okay. The main challenges that need to be addressed in the company are cash, communications, control, and credibility. Those are the, those are the four main functions. For in cash, it's, it's your accounts receivable. If they're not being collected in a timely basis, uh, and not being paid on a timely basis, and if your 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 payables are getting stretched out, you know you're you're having you're starting to tackle you you have to tackle these process inefficiencies and clear the work. I call them the workflow bottlenecks. You've got to keep you've got to keep focusing on on that main challenge of your cash position. Mm-hmm. In terms of communications uh, with the accounting function, compliance, tax, audit work, all those suffer when the team members don't clearly understand how to execute a specific task or when they haven't been updated on a new procedure. So if, if, if an accounting person is not up to date on the latest guidance for new revenue recognition standards, the team's productivity can suffer when inaccurate accurate reporting has to be corrected and audit risks increases. Mm-hmm. So that's in the, and you. I think you really understand that part of the communications. Um, in terms of control, Digital technologies have been a great benefit to the finances overall efficiency, I believe. And financial leaders uh, financial leaders, are spending more time on data analysis and predictive analytics, more so than they ever did five years ago, Candy. So I think it's really important. The flood of data and technology presents even greater opportunities for the accounting function to help mold the business future. You agree with that? Of course. Okay, good. Now, in terms of credibility, the most common problem for the accounting leaders is creating and maintaining the capability of the department to be flexible, in particular to meet deadlines and to address process snags. So, uh, to overcome all these, the, the team needs visibility into projects, due dates, and deliverables. And that's, that's what I've always maintained. Right. Okay?
1: Well, and I think going back to the processes and the cash flow, one of the mistakes people make especially when they're small businesses and it, they don't have a team is not invoicing consistently because they're thinking, Oh, I still have to provide the work for my customer. So I'm going to do the work for my customer and then I'm going to get around to invoicing. And oh. one of the things that I tell people all the time is you have to make yourself your own customer and make sure you're invoicing your customers timely. Cause if you're not sending the invoices, they're not paying you timely. If they're not paying you timely, your cash flow is going to be hurt. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, I'll give you an example. One of my one of my clients was a steel distributor, and I was hired uh, temporarily as a CFO for about five and a half months to help them clean up things. When I first looked at their accounts receivable, um, the 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 column that says uh, over ninety was like twenty percent of mm. the total receivables. That's extremely high, and and then I looked at the you know I was in the accounting department. Um, and working with all the people there, we did not have anybody in the accounting department that was calling a customer after the invoice hit thirty days, if that was the standard terms mm-hmm. so we did, we established a person gave them the, gave them the report and, and so they started contacting each customer as soon as they hit over thirty. hey, where is your you know we didn 't get a check from you. your invoice is over thirty days. We worked on that about a month and a half, two months. We got that down to twelve percent. Much in better. <laughs> in about forty-five days. Yeah, and I, exactly. And that's what you have to do. You have to focus on that. The other thing, the other thing that I did, um, I started reaching out to the vendors, uh, suppliers, and this, they, they were purchasing steel from steel plants, and I stretched the invoices that we would receive to pay our vendors from thirty to forty-five days. Mm-hmm. So that impacts your cash flow a little bit too. Of course. So we really improved the cash flow that way as as much as we could.
1: And those anyway. are definitely things for businesses to look at if things are a little bit tight, you know, can you speed up your receivables or can you extend your payables <coughs> just a little a- bit.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So, well, it looks like that it's actually time to take a break. So when we come back, we're going to continue chatting with Arnold about cash flow in the business. And if you have questions, you'll be able to call in a bit later in the show. Write down the phone number, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. And be ready to call in when you hear the phone lines are open. You're listening to biz Help for you with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial
0: break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here: Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. You are listening to BizHelp for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at aband Now, back to BizHelp for You.
1: Welcome back to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, Arnold Coggeshall told us about his background and how he got into assisting entrepreneurs with cash flow needs. Now, let's learn about how to monitor the cash flow. So Arnold since a business runs on cash, how do you help a business determine its cash flow on a regular or even a daily basis?
2: Yeah, this is something I developed uh, working for several companies. <clears throat> Very simple process. If you hopefully you'll have an Excel, you know, program and you can set up an Excel spreadsheet, so I'll make it real simple. Uh, It's easy to do on a daily or a weekly basis to determine that particular day's cash availability. And that's what the owner wants to see. That's what the finance people want to see. Sometimes the sales people want to see so they can go out and generate more business. So the first thing to do is to go online to your bank accounting accounts, which include savings and money market account balances, whatever. And what you do is you will plug in on on a particular uh, function on the Excel spreadsheet one of the boxes how much cash you have available that day the second thing because that 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 true cash is a figure that does change every day so you you can do this every day so put in the cash amount that you have that particular day the second thing you look at is if you have a line of credit with a bank put down what the what the balance not the balance on the line but how much has been approved by the bank if you have a million dollar line a half a million dollar line Put that in the, in the next line. How, what is your availability? So the third thing is how much is you calculate, you take the, the amount of the balance out of, it, of what you have approved, and that comes up with your availability. Then the next thing that you put on that box, in the next box, is how many checks have you written that are floating and have not cleared your bank account? So then you come up with a total available for that particular day. Now, you can do this every day. You can do it every other day. You can do it on a weekly basis. But it gives you an idea on how much cash you have to work with. The, and, and so by adding all these uh, current assets and su- taking them out of the equation, then, such as the float, then you know how, how much accuracy you have So you can generate more sales or you make more payables or things like that. But that's a very simple function that I created for several of my companies. And it really helped them to improve their their position in terms of their cash flow and their working capital.
1: Well, and like I said before, one of the things that they really have to remember too are those automatic, you know, electronic debits that are, are gonna come out of the bank account. Yeah. They may not have written down. You know, if they just know, oh, my utilities automatically get paid or, you know, mm-hmm. my insurance automatically gets charged or whatever those fees are, a lot of times business owners forget to jot those down because they just, you know, they come out, they know they're gonna come out. But it's important to really keep track of those as well, not just the actual, you know, checks that are still outstanding.
2: Exactly. And I think it's very important, too, for the owners because, you know, um, in this one particular company, I I created this with the accounting manager, and then she would forward this information to the owner every day, and then he he seemed to be pretty comfortable because, you know, once a week on Thursday, I remember it was on Thursday, she sat down with him with the payables report. All right, how many payables are we going to make? Let me see what my cash availability is. And so those are the things that help you. Keep your payables current and keep your working capital in order. That's, that's what I've learned.
1: Mm-hmm. Very important.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So how does a CFO and the financial team know when it's time to focus on cash flow improvement?
2: Um, well, this is something I always thought. Winning a large piece of new business or an influx of new clients is, is every business owner's wish or desire. Mm-hmm. But these opportunities can quickly turn into a cash flow nightmare if the business is not doing the right preparation and does not have a solid growth strategy. For instance, um, the business may need to hire more staff and make significant investments in new equipment such as you know machinery, materials, and technology just in order to accommodate the rapid growth. Right. So... This may be required long before the business collects sufficient revenue from the new sales to cover the costs. Mm-hmm. So, yep. go ahead.
1: I was going to have a client in the same situation that he is in construction and he's growing, you know, pretty rapidly. Yep. And he actually got a government contract, and mm-hmm. those do not pay, you know, as quickly as regular contracts. And so he has a very large amount of payroll that has to be paid every other week and he had to make sure he had a line of credit ready so that he could have cash available to actually pay before he would get paid back from you know, this project because his terms were much greater than he was used to, so he had to prepare for that.
2: Right. Well, fortunately, there are a number of tools, um, Candy, such as credit lines, equipment loans, contract terms that helps a company get paid faster. So those mm-hmm. are the things you have to focus on. And the counting function is best required. That that's why it it needs to kind of look at look ahead in the next three months, six months, maybe twelve months cycle, of how much cash flow they're going to need if, mm-hmm. if these big things are coming at them. If they, if they're negotiating big contracts and they, but if they know something's going to come down and, and 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 they need to really support the financial efforts to 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 make that happen. So. Um, uh, they, they need to adopt a cash flow. There's, a, there's kind of a cash flow decision-making process that, that I always said requires two main questions. Can the company afford the new contract, other new business, without interfering with existing initiatives? Like, if you have things within your company that have long been stable and they're not changing how is that going to impact your new growth? It's going to have, a, it, it, may, it may be negative, so you have to be careful of that. And the second question is, how will the monetary aspect of the decision after the, the company's liquidity affect the company's liquidity, mm-hmm. including the ability to fund the incidentals or cover emergency expenses? So that's really important, I think, when it comes to where are you going? Are you, Are you in a company that's really kind of stabilized, you're not growing? Or all of a sudden you've got some new opportunities. A lot of entrepreneurs want to grow their business. They want to right. grow it. They want to grow it. They want to make it big. They want to. And so you have to have all these financial capabilities so you can continue your growth without, you know, interfering with your cash flow and your bank and your payables and things like that. Does that makes right. sense.
1: Mm-hmm. And one other it's, thing to consider when they're going to be growing too is just because you win the business doesn't mean it's profitable, right? So that, it's making sure that that new job or you know, mm-hmm. the new work you're bringing in is actually going to be profitable for you.
2: Well, that's a, that's a great, uh, I'll give you an example. There's a steel fabrication business over in <clears throat> Southgate I'm kind of involved with right now and helping finance some of the transactions. The owner decided he wanted to retire. So he brought in some, some executives to help run the company. And they started taking on some very large contracts. And it turns out the large contracts were totally unprofitable. Mm. The company now is being deteriorated down, and it's going through a what they call an ABC transaction, where they're selling all the assets, um, and uh, it just it, it it didn't turn out right. I mean, you take on these big Goliath new projects, and if you haven't figured out the profitability of those things, this company is down the tubes. Mm. They're 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 uh, declining badly. Yep.
1: Uh, and that's just one thing people have to remember: is yeah. you know, it's it's not really how big the number is at the top; it's what you end up with at the bottom. So making sure you have taken everything into consideration to make sure you're going to actually have cash left over from that that's, job.
2: Exactly, you're absolutely right.
1: So, what are the functions in the accounting process that can be improved to increase cash flow?
2: Okay, these three most important things: accounts receivable collections, accounts payable terms. And the, and the amount of time needed to sell the inventory. So if you if you have good handle on these things, it, it's going to improve. For example, if a customer has 30 days to pay you your invoice, how much time does a company need to cover the accounts payable? So there's an offset there. You have to be careful of that. And how long does it take the inventory of a company's to turn? I mean, if you're buying a lot of inventory and it's still sitting there, that's where all your cash is. Right. So you have to be able to make sure you, you turn your inventory. So it, it it and even depending on the contract terms, a company that enjoys good relationships with its suppliers may be able to stretch out payment schedules. And, and as I said before, you know one of my clients was had thirty days to pay the inventory he was purchasing, but we negotiated a forty day, forty five day period. And this is a this is a steel uh, manufacturing company down in Mexico, and they came up to see us, and we got them. They agreed to 45 days because we saw the sales growing and we needed to improve our inventory position. So um, the other thing is business can also consider offering a discount to its customers who would be willing to pay on a shorter schedule. Mm-hmm. And that's that would improve your cash flow. Now, you have to really look at the profitability of each of these transactions to make sure that you're within the timeline and 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 the marquee that you want to have is profitability. So, but that's that's really important too. So, that's why the business owners need to work with their accounting team to make sure the cash flow is adequately managed in these three areas. Very important. Very
1: Correct. important. Well, one of the things I thought of while you were talking too is if someone is struggling a little bit with cash flow and they have you know payables that are due. And potentially maybe the terms can't change, right? It's just, you know, it's supposed to be 30 days or not going to change it to 45, but maybe even contacting the vendors and saying, I can pay you this much now. Can I have an extra 10 days to pay, you know, the balance or something like that? So just reaching out to them, just not paying is more frustrating to the vendor than reaching out and having a conversation and maybe they can make some type of agreement. Right. Um, but that helps keep a good relationship with your vendors as well. So right. even if cash is tight, you know, reach out, see what you can work out, because often they'll they'll do some type of payment terms with you, but it's better to do that than just not pay and then have them really frustrated with you, and then not wanting to supply you, you know, with what you need to continue running your business.
2: Right, exactly. Totally agree with that.
1: So, how does a cash conversion cycle through data analytics work on improving the working capital?
2: Okay. This is a really challenging one. I mean, this is something I learned uh, a long time ago, but... Uh, there's there's three things again. We're kind of going back what we talked to, talked about last time. The, the the three main things are your days the sales outstanding, which is your accounts receivable, and we call it the DSO. There's the days the inventory is outstanding. That's your DIO. And then there's the uh, days your payables are outstanding. That's a DPO. So those are the three, th- th- this is, when you, when you analyze these three things, this is how the cash con- conversion cycle can be uh, developed and how you can show whether you're doing good to manage cash. For example, if you if, and the way you do the, the, the sales outstanding is you take your year-end or your quarter receivables, net of allowance of doubtful accounts, and divide it by one day of revenue. Okay, and that helps you come up with how many days was your receivables outstanding before they were collected. Now, it, the whole idea with that is to work it down. If if your days outstanding was uh, forty five days, and then you were able to work it and collect those receivables in a shorter period of time and get it down to thirty two days, that means your cash flow improved. Right. And so that that was very good. The same thing is is is, is is accurate with the, the inventory outstanding. The same thing. You calculate it the same exact way. And if you're if you're turning over your inventory four times a year, that's there's a lot of cash there. But if you can get it down to eleven times a year, that means your cash flow is really improving, and mm-hmm. that helps. And the other side of that, and the other direction, is the payables. If you say you're paying your payables in twelve days, your cash is being e- eaten up. Hey, but if you can string that out to 28 days or 32 days and your your vendors are okay with that, then you're being okay. So if you work on these, and I, this is what I call the cash conversion cycle. If you work on these three pieces of, of opportunities, and the largest one is your inventory. That's the biggest one. So if you work on these and improve these, then you're going to have a better cash flow position, and it's going to improve your working capital. So. It, it, it you, you need to involve everybody. On one hand, the close collaborate between the financials, the finance people, the sales people. You work with customers. You do a lot of things to improve these. When you get these cash conversion cycles improving, and you can monitor them on a quarterly basis, or you, you can do it once a year. But I think if you do it quarterly, I think at that point you're going to be able to see how can we improve it to next quarter, and then when when you do improve those areas, then all of a sudden you've got better working capital and cash flow.
1: Right. And I know some of the terms we're talking about might be confusing, you know, to people who, you know, this industry is not their forte, you know, they, you know, do other things. So, recommending if they do have a team, if it's a bigger company, you know, sit down and talk with your finance people, have them explain to you. If you're a sole proprietor trying to do this on your own, you know, making an appointment with your bookkeeper or your right. CPA, you know, talking with someone who can really help you analyze this information so you're not feeling you have to do it on your own and, you know, not be so overwhelmed.
2: Well, Candy, if if anybody needs any help, I know how to calculate it real easily. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yep, oh, yeah, and you know, I did. I did it for several companies, and you know, it improved everything. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, you know, they didn't have to borrow so much money on their line of credit, you know, and 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 uh, it just it, it just improves improves that thing. So so that's the thing that I learned just work just working hard with with companies.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. And if they can improve the cash so, you know, they're already just bringing in quicker, then they don't have to pay the interest on loans and lines of credits and things like that too. So anything yeah. that we could do to improve it is good. Having those available is, you know, good to have, you know, ready in your back pocket if you need it. But of course, anything we could do to improve bringing in cash without having to pay extra for it is ideal. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So it actually looks like it's about time to take another quick break. Okay. So be sure to hang around to hear okay. more from Arnold Kagashal of Vortex Financial about cash flow and working capital. Again, if you have a question, please call 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break.
0: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight.
2: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to BizHelp For You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at dot pcom Now, back to BizHelp For You.
1: Welcome back to BizHelp For You with Candy Messer. Today, I'm chatting with Arnold Koggershall of Vortex Financial. Are there any questions? You can call in 866 472 5790. That's 866-472-5790. In the meantime, let's find out a little bit more about the cash flow. Mm -hmm. So Arnold, what are the two main tools outside of business that helps a company to retain cash and reduce expenses?
2: Good question. Business owners uh, working with their bankers may also want to consider a variety of debt options, such as Including various types of credit lines, uh, business term loans, or other financing tools to help them manage cash flow. If you have, you know, if you're with a bank, like, and I always recommended the community banks or the regional banks, not the big banks. If you're with a bank, that you typically those banks will give you a relationship, not a transaction. Mm-hmm. So they will call you periodically and they say, hey, how's business? Give me some new financials. Your line of credit is maturing. And then we can uh, maybe increase your line of credit for you. So you have to be able to go outside this time. Now, I'll give you an example. One of my clients um, had a half a million dollar line of credit with a big company, a big bank. And they'd borrowed maybe 25, 50, paid it back, everything was fine. And then they were getting close to one day when they need a little extra cash and they tried to borrow 25,000. The line had matured and was canceled two weeks prior, but nobody called them from the bank to tell them that. Now, that's to me is a transaction. That's not a relationship. Right. Typically, a good banker will call you 60 days ahead of time and say, hey, your line of credit's coming up maturity. I need some new financials, and do you want to increase the line? So it's very important to keep these outside sources of how you're going to get some working capital current, and that's why I say you need to have a good relationship with your banker. Um, right. So... The other thing that I've always said is, uh, when you buy equipment, and I had an example one time where I helped a guy refinance his bank debt, and I went to him the day he closed, and I was I was signing, the, helping him sign the loan docs, and I said, "Well, how, what else is going on?" He said, "Oh, well, I got some new equipment here. I got to buy three new pieces of equipment. And I'm going to use a line of credit." I said, "Wait a minute, you can't use a line of credit to buy a fixed asset." Fixed asset. So I took those invoices. And I went out and got him three new transactions so that he could have a term loan to buy that equipment. So you have to be careful. If you want to buy a piece of equipment, don't use your working capital and don't use your line of credit. You know, use a term loan to finance that long-term asset. Very critical. Um, The other thing is companies typically enjoy good relationships with their suppliers. And you may be able to stretch out the payment schedules. So that's important to make sure you talk to your vendors about payment arrangements because that's that's another outsource. The interesting thing is if you develop a good relationship with a vendor, you can give him a financial statement, and he said, "Okay, I'll approve you for maybe a hundred thousand dollar line of credit, and there's zero interest. Mm-hmm. He doesn't charge you any interest on that. That is the cheapest form of outside working right. capital that you could use. So that's vi- those two things. The bank." In the vendors if you do good relationships with them you're not going to have a problem if you're, if your cash flow starts to suffer internally right. so you have internal and external so anyway those are the, the things that, those are the things that the business need to consider sometimes you offer a discount to customers you get paid quicker but the most most important thing is those are the two outside sources you have to stay f- focused on
1: well, and this makes me think, too, uh, you know, before a business owner is going to make a major purchase like that to, you know, talk to your CPA. I know right. CPAs always say, I wish they would have talked to me before they made this decision. We could have looked at, you know, the impact it's going to have on their tax return. Right. So do you want to do it in this year? Do you want to wait till next mm-hmm. year? So if you're going to make any major decisions, talk to your tax preparer as well so that right. they're involved with you and, you know, can figure out if now is a good time or what other options, like you said, may, may be available.
2: So That's right. Exactly. Good point.
1: So how do accurate and timely financial reports help the business owner?
2: Well, to, to make a finance transaction work, um, it has to be positive, and, and the basic technical requirements must be addressed to provide the following, monthly and annual financial statements. Uh, there are financial and regulatory and compliance issues, uh, tax planning, and sometimes, if required, an annual audit. The, uh, the audit by a CPA firm is the most expensive report that they generate. Right. But most banks require either a compilation or a reviewed statement. Um, sometimes global tax compliance. Um, I think that may impact tariffs. I don't know. Um, I, for example, I have a. I just closed a transaction with one of my clients. He is a um, computer accessory designer patenter manufacturer and he has been in business for about 12 years and designed different products and he sells them through amazon and he sells them through another company i forget who and he's developing a he's developing a brand new product for the uh computer it's a computer accessory that everybody would probably use it's like a stand and he was telling me, "Hey, you know I'm going to have this manufactured overseas and brought here. I already have twenty one thousand purchase orders. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't even have it he doesn't even have it manufactured yet. So the point being is that i my profitability is going to go down because of the tariffs. So I mm-hmm. think that's the global tax compliance that you have to be aware of from time to time if you're manufacturing overseas and bringing it here to sell to customers you know on Amazon here in the U.S. or wherever." Um, right. Another thing is the financial planning and the analysis. That's very important. Um, internal controls and corporate governance. All those those uh, six things are very, very critical. You need to have consistency and reliable financial statements. Now, here's an example. Um, when we went to school, we would get our report card, what, every month, every two months? Every
1: quarter, I think. Every
2: quarter. Okay, that would tell you what your grades were, A, B, C, D, F. Mm -hmm. Okay. Today, I say your monthly financial statement is your report card. You want to know, did you make money last month? Was it profitable? If I lost money, why did I lose money? And the important thing is to make sure that you get that report in a timely basis. I've seen instances where owners of companies, they won't see their financial reports for 60 days after the month end to close. Well, wait a minute. I mean, technology is so quick if you import the data really quick you push a button there's the report every day so you have to have everything all the data entered properly and that's a good accounting function and you have to have all that data so at the end of the month or five days after the end of the month that's the longest generate that report show it to everybody that's important the owner the owners wife whoever and say hey this is how we did this month and if it was a good profitable experience then it's very it's very good. If it was a loss, then you got to start nailing. What, what happened to our gross profit? Why did it go down? Why did we have all these expenses? You know, that's why we lost money. We're not going to do that again next month because we want to show profitability. So those are the things that you, you kind of have to, you know, that's the financing team should be. They should look at the income statement, the balance sheet, and the, uh, should announce any future earnings or expenses so that there's no surprises, and that's right. very critical.
1: Well, and that brings up one thing that, uh, you know, you have to have your bookkeeping items posted accurately too. And that's something when we have someone come to us, sometimes they've been doing it on their own or they're saying something doesn't seem right. We take a look and we're finding, you know, there are things that are just posted incorrectly. If, you know, maybe a purchase of an asset was expensed instead of put on, you know, on the balance sheet or a loan was expensed instead of, you know, put on the balance sheet or, you know, different things like that, that, um, you know, when they're making these Payments, things that aren't accurate. So if someone doesn't know how to do their bookkeeping, uh, they really should get some professional help. So that if they do need to get a loan, the numbers make sense, and right. you know the banks will say, okay, you know this seems accurate. Versus, you know, there's lots of times that they go to get a loan and they're turned down because the numbers just don't make sense.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay.
1: okay. So do you have any other like tips? I know we're getting, you know, close to the end of the show, um, but any tips that you want to share, yeah. you know, with our listeners to help them on this topic?
2: Okay. The, probably the most important thing is getting the paperwork together. How do you put the package together? If you're going to submit an application package to an equipment finance company or a, a lending bank, how do you do that? Uh, so, because the need of working capital, you have to, you have to plan you're, you're going to, if you're it's going to increase. So, I remember many times business owners would come to see me and when I was their relationship banker and I'd request and ask for they would ask for a loan increase or or something and if I didn't have good accurate financial information and I couldn't calculate formulas or their debt coverage ratio, their leverage ratios, it would be difficult. So it's very important that you know you make sure that you have a good financial package. That, uh, and I have a standard checklist which I, I send out that requires three years of your income tax uh, statements, three years of your financial statements, current interims, accounts receivable, accounts payable reports. I also do a, debt, uh, a business debt schedule. I look at all this stuff and I do a, what I call a cash flow calculation the way the banks look at it. And what I also I do after I get all this information, and of course, I have. if it's a privately held business, I need to have a personal financial, personal tax returns. All that information has to be in a package. And then I will do a cash flow calculation and I'll look at the debt coverage ratio. For example, if you're trying to apply for a loan and you know how much it's going to, if it's going to cost you a dollar to make that payment every month, you typically have to have a cash flow of a dollar and a quarter coming mm-hmm. in. That's what the banks look, and that's called the debt coverage requirement. So sometimes, if it's if it's a commercial real estate transaction, it's a dollar and a half availability against a dollar. That would be your monthly payment, or something like that. But lenders like to, like to they like to look at the history really big time. They want to see historically at least three years how long how long you've been doing this and how well you've been doing this. If you have your ups and downs. Sometimes it's difficult, but, you know, then, and th- there's something else that I talk about. When I go and see a client, I use two words, bankable versus financeable. Mm-hmm. If you're bankable, you fit in the banker's box. You know, you have, you have three years of, of profitability, you have good income, but the financial statement in your report is the real world of the business. No one gets straight A's, but you have to be prepared and explain why things are difficult at times, ups and downs. But if you have your ups and downs, then th- there's no problem with that. So um, uh, it's it's really critical that they they have all. And what I do is I make sure that the package is accurate. When I submit a package to a lender, I don't tell them how great it is. Right. I, tell, I tell them what's wrong with it because they're always involved in risk. They want to know what's wrong with it. And if I, if I tell them what's wrong with it, they'll give me a quick answer. You know what? We can overcome that. Or... Yeah, you're right. We can't do it. And you need to, if, if you submit a package to somebody and they can't do it, you need to know right away so you can go somewhere else. You know? yep. Does that make sense?
1: Yep. And we're at the, basically the end of the show. So do you have an offer that you would like to share with our listeners and how can listeners reach you?
2: Yeah. Again, you know, my office is located in Torrance, California. And uh, my, my offer is that um, I'm really a financial advisor. I really try to help clients and improve their situation. And uh, uh, the biggest thing that I do is debt restructuring. If you, anybody needs any help with a debt restructuring situation or you're looking for a line of credit, then I can do it. And my company, uh, my, main, my main phone number is 310-710-7694. Again, I've been in business 25 years and I have tremendous amounts of banks reaching out to me trying to seek new relationships with new potential borrowers. Okay? Great. Right.
1: And do you have a website you want to share?
2: Yeah, it's uh, VortexFinancial.com. I've had that website for many years. And uh, you can see it. And the most important thing you'll see is working capital is the lifeblood of a business. Yes, it's- it is.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Arnold, for joining yeah. us today. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about cash flow and having enough working capital in your business. If you have any additional questions or comments be sure to reach out to Arnold at the information that he shared, or you can send us a message at media at abnp.com. And, of course, if you have help needed with your financial information or bookkeeping, we can also help you with that as well. Next week's topic is creating and implementing a marketing plan. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn – and my website, www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show, you can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening to BizHelp For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.